Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, Ryan, my my claws of death are back for this this episode here yes. after a brief vacation. I oh, was you in the land that? of oh, New sorry. What's that? You heard that? Oh, sorry. I, I did listen back. I listened to like the first yeah. minute and then I had to tune out. It was just it was yeah. unlistenable without me. <laughs> no, no, it was actually a good episode. Uh we had one of our, our patrons uh likes to comment that that our episodes aren't very good every week and then last yeah. week it was just you two and he said it was his favorite episode so <laughs> it didn't make me feel great <laughs> i'm sure that was but, a common uh, theme amongst all of our listeners yeah yeah i'm sure but i'm here like it or not let's Back. get to week five our week five takeaways what you got ryan uh i'll start us off with uh, the duke notre dame game uh it was kind of a very similar game to notre dame's like previous game against ohio state except it was kind of in reverse. Um, it, you know, Ohio State was in the lead all the time against Notre Dame, but then flip side here, Notre Dame was in the lead against Duke. A low-scoring game, though, just Duke couldn't do anything. Um, and then, so, but then Notre Dame ended up giving the lead away real late in the game, only to just win it at the kind of at the last second. So it was kind of funny how just the tables were just kind of reversed in that. But play of the game, though, obviously in this one was happened with about 50 seconds left and, it was a fourth and 16 for Notre Dame when they were down one. Um, Sam Hartman dropped back to pass and just couldn't find anybody. So it just ended up taking off and scrambled and got 17 yards on that play to move the chains, keep the game alive. Just a huge, huge play. That could be a season-defining play for Notre Dame if they kind of keep the momentum going here. But next play they ended up, well, they spiked it. But then the next play they ran for a 30-yard touchdown. And Duke just didn't have enough time to respond. So Notre Dame got the win. And unfortunately, Riley Leonard suffered a high ankle sprain on the very last drive there. Yeah. Fortunately for Duke, they have a bye week this week, so he does get two weeks to heal up before they face NC State. So now he might not be good for that one. Who knows? But um, hopefully he will. Hopefully, at least they get a bye. So I always yeah. think about that, like the, the chain of events that occurred. Like if you're a Duke fan, like they had Hartman for a safety in the end zone. They yeah. dropped the interception mm-hmm. right before that fourth and 16. And then even yeah, estimate, he didn't have to yeah. score. He could have kind of stopped and then they could have kicked a field goal. All yeah. of that would have prevented this Riley Leonard injury. And it's just like everything went wrong. <laughs> it was it yeah. was brutal. I know. So close. So close. Would have been huge. Huge win. Yep. Um, all right. Mine, uh, my first takeaway is from Friday night. We had Utah and Oregon State. And wow. Utah's lack of an offense finally came back to yeah. bite them in, in the loss here. They lost 21-7. And they've still got a couple weeks here before they um, have to face, well, they face USC and Oregon. Um, so, I mean, if you don't have Cam Rising back by then, back healthy, it's going to be really tough to, to make another Pac-12 they have a buy, I think. Is it this week or is it? Yeah, next they have week? a buy this weekend. Then they have yeah. Cal, um, which is I'm obviously. Thinking no Rising will come back for Cal. Yeah, after the buy, I bet you that was like the plan. what they were yeah. targeting because he's been yeah. he's been practicing a little bit, right? So yeah, you, you'd think he'll be back after the buy, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird because they say he's been practicing since like before the season. But anyways, all right. Uh, I'll start with uh, Texas Kansas. It was a you know ranked matchup, and it's just it's too bad for Kansas that Jalen Daniels always seems to be hurt. He didn't he didn't go in this one. I mean Jason Bean he's he's a good backup, but he's not Daniels. Um, and it was a game at half. It was thirteen seven, but then Texas really just kind of dominated that second half. They ran away with it, and you kind of worried about an upset before the Red River rivalry. But uh, my biggest takeaway in this game though is that. 
Jonathan Brooks has really emerged. Uh, that run game has emerged the last few weeks, um, and it's taken shape at a good time so that it doesn't all fall on Quinn Ewer's shoulders as they get in deeper into Big 12 play. And, of course, against Oklahoma, he averaged 10 yards per rush, had 218 yards. So that'll be key for Texas. Yes, it will. All right. Uh, my next one, uh, I, I'm the Pac-12 guy. USC, Colorado. Um, Taylor, two halves in this game. Michael, you were happy in the first half. Um, USC yeah, just yeah. kind of dominated. I wasn't happy. I, I did receive a text from Trey about how how USC was was dominating. Oh yeah, it's true. He did. Didn't respond to it. Didn't respond to it. They were. It was in control. Well, it was I know, over. but come on, Trey, Trey. loved how come they were on. dominating. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Thirty four, fourteen and a half. Caleb Williams was throwing all over the place. Had four touchdown passes at halftime, and then USC uh, they let up after that. Um, Colorado scored twenty seven points in the second half, and. They just could not, USC just couldn't stop Shadur Sanders. Um, which also is alarming is that the Buffs ran for 193 yards in this game when they just could not run the ball against anybody so far this year. So that was worrisome. Um, and then, you know, Colorado's, they ended up cutting it to what, seven points with like just under two minutes, but couldn't convert the onside kick after. But that kind of, that last TD drive was a little, TD drive was a little weird for the Colorado because they got it with like over six minutes. And then, they do like they just took f- over four minutes off the clock because they kept running it up the middle for like three it was yards. Really weird. They had no timeouts left. It was just they weren't rushing really. Uh, it was like I mean they could have scored much sooner. Or at least they could have tried to. So they it, they let the game come down to the onside kick. And I mean they did score a touchdown, but still it's like that was just really they didn't really give themselves a chance. So it was a little weird. But anyways, for USC, I don't know. I mean. They've had some some moments where they flashed defensively this year, so I'm not freaking out. Um, they can still play better on that side of the ball, and uh, maybe they just let up at half. So I'm I'm not freaking out. They had a, they made it to the Pac-12 title game last year, and I think they have a little better defense this year. So you know, you just wish it would have been a little better. But yeah, it's, it's won, not good. Won. I mean, I, the U, the defense hasn't. I mean, I don't think the defense is taken the big step forward that we thought. We'll you know we'll see. But I do think people are freaking out a little bit too much like i do think i'm I'm lowering my you know power rating or whatever of usc i think i would have washington and oregon ahead of them but you know i see a lot of very close a lot of ou fans saying like we told you we told you about lincoln riley and i'm like i'm still very happy like the pac-12 title game last year we were a whisker away from the playoff last year and and we're yeah undefeated granted easy schedule i'm sure we'll lose a couple games this season i mean it, it brutal schedule upcoming but we got a shot that's i'm i'm happy to you guys will play with a little different intensity level i think i think i like usc still and if if uh grinch you know doesn't get it done this year he's gone so we'll we'll see yeah he's living off Uh, his wazoo days yeah he is although i do have I've, i've been wanting to go on a long rant about alex grinch um some positive some negative but yeah. mostly kind of i i don't think i think there's a little bit of 2020 hindsight with him bringing him over from oklahoma i think at the time it was i mean i know i remember my thoughts were kind of like eh, okay we'll see it wasn't they like improved yeah like in in 2020 they had like a top 10 defense so it's yeah. not like he's just you know he inherited a garbage defense there he did make them better and then they kind of regressed a little so it wasn't but obviously after last year at USC, though USC's defense was like 
120th the year before he got here. So last year it was worse than it should be, but it did get better. And then this year is kind of the, this is the ultimate year. Like it's gotta be significantly better. And yeah, obviously I'm uh, very bearish on Grinch, but I'm not just, I don't think Lincoln Riley just doesn't care about defense. Like obviously he's had his struggles on that side of the ball, but that's why he's not Nick Saban. He's uh, he's the fifth best coach instead of number one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, all right. I guess I just ranted about it. I said I wasn't going to. <laughs> LSU Ole Miss. Uh, wow. So Ole Miss won in a shootout, 55-49. Wow. Great win for Lane Kiffin. He just continues to to do, do great there. And on the other side, I mean, I remember when Matt House was getting a lot of buzz as the next great college defensive coordinator, and maybe he will be, but not so good this year. They're 102nd in the nation, LSU is, in ESPN's defensive efficiency metric on the year. And I know the secondary has taken some hits, but still, they should not be yeah, playing this rough. poorly. That was, that was not good. Speaking of bad defense, uh, Florida and cool. Kentucky. Yeah, what the is Gators Florida doing? They took one on the chin here. I mean, they're, yeah. they've had two road games this year. They've been a disaster. Um and it, Ryan, you and I last week, we kind of talked about this game, seeing if Kentucky was actually good. You know, we don't know how good they are, but they answered the, the question that they're at least decent. Um, yep. Ray Davis ran for 280 yards against that. Just all Kentucky had defense. They still couldn't stop. Him. Yeah, because Devin Leary is not doing much. He only had 69 yards in this nice. one. Yeah, they, they didn't need him, though. Um, oh. And then Florida, they're just a tough team to figure out. They're kind of all or nothing so far. That was an ugly game for Florida. I mean, that's woof. That, that turns me off on uh, that's on the Gators this year. I think they suck now. <laughs> um, all right, Georgia and Auburn here. Um, man, another slow start to a game here for Georgia. Auburn was up ten nothing um, at the end of the first quarter, um, but it was ten ten at the halftime. Kind of came back, and then, but unlike the the South Carolina game earlier in the year, Georgia never was really able to pull away. Um, from Auburn. I mean, Auburn could not throw the ball at all, um, but they, they did run for 219 yards against this Bulldog defense, so that was a little alarming if you're Georgia, knowing there's no passing attack yet. You can't stop the run, so Kirby Smart's going to be not very happy about that. Player of the game, though, was Brock Bowers. He was awesome. Eight catches, 157 yards, just all over the place, and um, scored the game-winning touchdown uh, with just under three minutes. Um, you know, Georgia's not looking dominant, of course, but you know, with their kind of soft overall schedule and they still have a chance to be undefeated throughout that, you know, go 12 and 0 and just win and move on. If you're Georgia at this point, it doesn't really matter how you do it, but Auburn, man, gosh, they need a passing game. It is brutal. I mean, they, yeah. it's going to be a big off season for Hugh freeze to see if he can, you know, get a big legit quarterback, at least one that's competent and uh, like a receiver or two to help. Cause it's, they can't run this out again next year. No, definitely not. Um, all right. We had a huge comeback this weekend, uh, oh Baylor against UCF. So Baylor was, they were looking like they were a lock to head to a one in four start to the season. Would have been kind of a disaster yeah. for Dave Aranda. Still not going great, even though they, they got this comeback win. But so they were, yeah, they were down 35 um, seven at one point. They were down 35 10 entering the fourth quarter, and they end up winning 36 35, biggest comeback in Baylor history. UCF almost kind of had a miraculous 
Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One they point did come back themselves. That was yeah. crazy. <laughs> that fourth down that they, they converted. But anyway, so now that makes the four newcomers in the Big 12. So they've played eight games in conference so far. What do you guys think their record is? Oh, and eight? Well, oh, so what, you they're, they're one and seven. Right? <laughs> one and seven, but because BYU beat Cincinnati, so you basically oh, uh, zero and six. Not that's great. crazy. Yeah, that's not yeah. good. Yeah, I mean UCF, man, they who they really choked that. They game. blew that one. They they, they really did. did, and they had a chance to win because they don't have Plumlee still hurt. But that they they should have won. Unbelievable yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. So, is there anything else, Mike? No, that's it. So there weren't that many other great games. So I got a little potpourri of of random kind of tidbits from the week. So uh, some highlights. Maryland, they're 5-0. and Talia threw five touchdowns. Neil Brown doing a good job yeah. so far, saving his job. Yeah. They're 4-1 now. They had an upset at TCU. Pitt on the other side, 1-4, and 0-2 oh in the conference. They're doozy. They got smashed by Virginia Tech. Not good. Georgia Tech. They lost at home to Bowling Green as a three-touchdown favorite. Um, and then there's two more. Step aside, Caleb Williams, because Arkansas, Arkansas State's quarterback now, he's a new guy, Jalen Rayner. He's threw, he threw six touchdowns against UMass. He has 10 touchdowns and one pick in basically just a little more than two games so far. Uh, and then finally, App State kicked a 54-yard field goal at the buzzer to beat Louisiana Monroe. Mm. Not bad. All right, nice, nice list of games there. Let's get to week six, and we're starting with, I almost said Bedlam, Red River Showdown. We got Oklahoma against Texas. Longhorns are favored six and a half. This one is, uh, this one's tough, because um, it's been a few years to begin with since this game has really had kind of national title or playoff implications for both teams going in. Uh, I'm going to take the points with the Sooners. I, I've been high on the Longhorns all year, still am, but I'm just taking the points. Um, and no one's really talking about Dylan Gabriel this year. I know most of it's because they've had a you know a very soft schedule, but he's thrown 15 touchdowns this season. If he wins this game, he's going to be one of the Heisman you know front runners. Obviously, um, so would yours. But and you know I mentioned earlier how much for the Texas side. I like Jonathan Brooks, how much he's emerged, emerged in the run game. But I think the Sooners offense can do enough to to keep this one close. Venable's defense has also improved from last year. But obviously, this is clearly a major, major litmus test to see how much the Sooners have improved overall. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, though. I mean, two undefeated teams, both playing really well. I know Texas has, of course, a much bigger win, OU's soft schedule, but it's hard to lay six and a half points there in a rivalry game that is often crazy. So um, I guess my only question is Oklahoma's offense. Is this the type of offense that just when they have kind of the, the big talent advantage like they've had kind of every game this season, they're able to dominate. But when they go up against a, a mm-hmm. great defense like Texas, do they struggle more than you would expect? I don't know. We'll see. But with six and a half points, I just I feel like there's a nice cushion there. So Oklahoma's playing as well as anybody. So I, I'm I'm taking them. I'm gonna go the other way, fellas. I'm gonna go with Texas. Uh, just they're proven to me. You know, I, I, I like you said, yep. Michael. When they when the talent when OU faces a talent level similar to them or better, how are they how are they gonna react? I think it's the same thing for their defense. I'd like to see them yeah. go up against a good offense. Like, can they actually is is this offense actually better? Because they were atrocious last year. 
No, I'm still a little jury still out on me for on, on OU for me. So I'll take Texas. I know what I got with them. They got a good defense. They're getting a pretty good run game, good passing game, and they're proven. So take the Longhorns. Did you say the jury's out on you? Because it is. I know. <laughs> I think I said <laughs> Which it is. Uh, all right. Uh, we got Maryland at Ohio State. The Buckeyes are favored 20. Like I mentioned earlier, the, the Terps, they're 5-0. and Talia has been playing great. Uh, now, again, they're one of those teams also that they've had one of the easier schedules in the country. But now we get to see kind of where they stack up, see if they've been able to get any closer in the Big Ten East. Uh, the, the Buckeyes on the other side, they got a week off of rest after that Notre Dame win, so they're fresh. But I want to see if Kyle McCord can can light it up. He's really only done that against Western Western Kentucky so far. You know, can they run away and hide from a, a decent Maryland team? That that's what I kind of want to see in this game. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to struggle. Uh, they're obviously good on both sides of the ball, but I want to see if they can be dominant. So I'm going to until I see it, I'm going to take the Terps to cover. Maybe they they got a backdoor opportunity with uh, with Talia back there. Okay, I uh, got an SEC matchup, LSU minus five and a half at Missouri. And I think Luther Burden's going to have another great game. He has been having an unbelievable season uh, so far. And and Brady Cook, that quarterback's been extremely efficient as well. And we know we've seen how vulnerable LSU's secondary is. So I think uh, I think Missouri's going to hang in there. Jaden Daniels, of course, having a great year as well. So could be a bit of a shootout, but I'll take five and a half points at home with with the Tigers, with the Missouri Tigers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this, that's a good game. I'm looking forward to that. Could be a ginormous win there for Missouri. Um, all right. I am going to touch on Wazoo at UCLA. Uh, the Bruins are favored three and a half. Um, both these teams are coming off a bye, so plenty of time for them to rest up and get prepared for this one. Kind of hard for me to separate a lot of these Pac-12 teams uh especially in the second tier you got wazoo ucla oregon state i mean utah there there's a lot of balance so i'm kind of leaning towards just taking the points um in a lot of these pac-12 matchups so i'm going to take the cougs at plus three and a half i think they have the better quarterback right now maybe not one day but right now i think cam ward's playing better um he's actually playing that like a near heisman level he's been playing very very well so um you know and the last time we saw ucla is hard to get out of my brain right now they could not do a single thing at utah I mean, I know Utah is a good defense, but I mean, it's not the 85 Bears. It was it was pretty ugly to watch UCLA. So I think the, the Cougs, who have a pretty good D-line and can get after the quarterback pretty good, I think they can kind of give them some trouble. So I'm going to take the Cougs plus three and a half. That's a fun one. All right. Alabama is favored one and a half at Texas A&M. Okay. I like this matchup for, for A&M because the, the only team that has had you know success against this AM defense was Miami and they did it through the air. And of course that's not what Jalen Milrow and this Alabama offense is looking to do, especially like last week. I think they only had Milrow attempted 12 passes. So uh they might be leaning even more on the run than than we thought. And AM just has such great talent up front defensively. Um so I just see a low scoring close game and uh I'll take AM to get the very, very minor upset. Yeah, big narratively a huge upset though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is interesting. Both teams are two and zero right now in the conference. Uh, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna get take go the other way, Mike. I'm gonna take Alabama. I know, you know, Milrow hasn't exactly been lighting it up per se, but he's been pretty darn good the past couple of games when in his opportunities that he's had to throw. Um, really, his only bad game throwing was Texas. 
um, if you look at those numbers. Otherwise, it's been it's actually been pretty good. Um, so I don't know. I think it started to feel more to me like Bama's actually just figuring themselves out a little bit more offensively. Um, and now they truly know Milrose the guy after the other debacles. Um, so the defense is playing great. I think they're going to make it hard on AM and Max Johnson to, to move the ball. So I don't know. I think they're just a slightly better team. I'll, I'll go ahead and give the one and a half. I saw the same. Uh, I saw the, this game the same way as Michael. So I'm going back. I'm going to go with the Aggies because that defense has been lights out. They just held Arkansas at 174 yards. Uh, and offensively, Max Johnson seems somewhat comfortable in this offense. And obviously, it seems like it's a low scoring game. Uh, you know, it's going to come down to who can make uh, the big turnover or break a big play. I'll say the Aggies do it at home. Okay, uh, next one I have here is Syracuse at North Carolina. Tar Heels are favored eight. And this is going to be North Carolina's toughest opponent yet. I'm not sure we would have thought that before the season, but I think it is. And Rocky Long has that Syracuse defense playing very well. Garrett Schrader and the offense were doing pretty well until the the Clemson game last week. But it's Clemson, you know, that's Clemson um, and you know, Carolina's defense, though improved, of course, is 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 far from Clemson's level. So I like Syracuse to to take this one to the wire, make things difficult for for Drake May, and maybe force them into a pick or two. So I will take Syracuse and make it my lock. What'd you say the line was? Eight. Okay. All right. Um, next game I got is Kentucky at Georgia. Georgia's favored fourteen and a half. A couple of five and zero teams here. Kentucky, uh, they. Boy, they played really well last week against Florida, as Trey mentioned. They won 33-14. Um, they aren't passing the ball. Devin Leary is not doing much of that. But uh, if they can average more than 10 yards of carry for Ray Davis on the ground, then <laughs> why would they? Um, I'm going to go the other way, though. I'm going to take Georgia. Um, I know they struggled this past week to stop the run against Auburn. Um, so I think they're going to make a little bit of point of emphasis this coming week to do just that. And it'll, it's a little be, it'll be a little easier to game plan for Kentucky, at least in my eyes, because Auburn actually had a little QB run game um, threat, whereas Devin Leary does not pose a run game threat at all. So um, they're a little more one-dimensional for Kentucky. should be easier for Georgia to key in. I'll say Georgia puts together a full game. Okay. Notre Dame is favored six at Louisville. I know which way you guys are going. Well, Louisville's five and zero, but uh, they've been fortunate to have a weak schedule and fortunate to win a few close games that they've had against those. This is one teams. of those teams where before the year we look at the schedule and we're like, yeah. "Hey, Louisville has a chance to start five and zero." It's yeah. nice when that comes to fruition. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, but I'm going to say this is kind of where their their run ends. Um, Notre Dame is their battle tested, tough defense. Proved a lot to me last week by going and winning at Duke, and even though it was fortunate, but they still did it. Um, I think they'll have more success this week offensively than they did, you know, against Duke against this against this Louisville defense. Even though they're not bad, but Louisville's quarterback Jack Plummer kind of prone to throwing some picks. He's got six already on the year, so I think Notre Dame with their tough defense could maybe force you know a pick or two. I think they'll win the turnover margin. Um, they'll just I think they're just too talented for Louisville right now. Um, so I'm taking the Irish. I'm going to make the Irish my lock. Wow, not going the way Trey. No. <laughs> way I thought too. I am. I'm going to be predictable here. I'm taking Louisville just because this is Notre Dame's third straight really big game. Of course, they had that hard fought uh, battle against Ohio State a couple weeks ago. Obviously, the the Duke game on the road with game day there. Now, second straight road game here against Louisville. 
I just think maybe that catches up with them. Um, and I never like to bet against, I never like to bet against Jeff Brom, period. But in these situations where, you know, it seems like he's outmanned, he just seems to figure out a, a game plan to, to outperform. So give me Louisville. No, that's a very good point. And that, that three week stretch, Michael, is, is my concern. But I'm, I'm going the Irish. I'm also making them my, my lock, similar Ooh. to Ryan. Uh, just because, you know, Louisville, they're, they're five and oh, but they squeaked by Georgia Tech, Indiana, and NC State. And last week against NC State, exactly. they only put up 13 points. Plummer had two picks. So I think the, the Irish D is they, they have a, uh, a strong defense against the pass, and it'll be the toughest the Cardinals have faced. So, and Hartman, I mean, he still hasn't thrown a pick this year, so I think he'll be able to have some success as well. Okay, uh, that'll do it for our week six preview. Let's close out this episode with a questionable finish. So we took questions from the Patreon members this week for the questionable finish. You can support us there, patreon.com slash Bros. This one is from James. He says, in honor of the Minnesota Twins finally breaking their postseason losing streak, what streak do you want to see snapped this college football season? Uh, Nebraska's bowl game streak? Missing no, actually, game? he specifically oh. said you could not. That's really funny. He, that he said you can't do that one, but uh-oh, Ryan didn't know that. Come back to me. That's really funny that you said that because <laughs> you, you actually didn't see he said no, that. No, I didn't. Of course, no, I didn't oh. see that. No, yeah. Well, come back to me then. Come back All right, well, oh. it's hard to come how up about, with one of those on the spot. Okay, so. uh, how about a season where Nebraska doesn't finish under the turnover in the negative of the turnover margin? Oh, okay, yeah. there you go. It's pretty much the same answer since this is the last time we made a bowl game. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to say the Pac-12's six-year streak of being left out of the playoff just because, I mean... The conference is so good this year. It would yeah. really suck if they just kind of all beat each other up at the top and got yeah. left out. That would just, I don't know, that would be very anticlimactic ending for the Pac-12. Yeah. I'll say uh, I feel bad for Nevada right now. They've lost 15 straight games. It's mm-hmm. not looking so great. They get New Mexico in a few weeks. Might be their best chance at a win this season. We'll see. So I'm feeling bad it, for Nevada. Those die pretty quick after Jay Norvell left. Yeah, he yeah. took a lot with him. Yeah, he did. All right. This one, another patron comes from Juice. He says, if you could clone people to form a team of 22 players, which player in college football history would make the best team? And I'm going to be surprised if we don't all say the same person. We haven't discussed it, though. Really? Really? Okay, well, maybe not. Let's hear it. So I'm going to say, was there an obvious answer I'm missing here? Now, I'm going to say Jared Lorenzen. The old, the old, the old lefty, big, big man quarterback. Because, because he can throw it. Of course, he could run a surprisingly effective. He could be good on the lines. Probably a great tight end. Um, Linebacker. Like, I think if I cloned him, he'd be be pretty good. Corner. He'll be a great corner. Yeah, that's just thinking the second. Like, you gotta have. See, I'm thinking about that part. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, he's going up. He's trying to cover another Jared Lorenzen. Oh no! Well, no, no, he's covering. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I miscalculated that. So you gotta have you gotta have someone that yeah is fast enough to at least hold their own somewhat in space, but big enough to where they can play in the trenches. You gotta strike that balance. Yeah, and for me, that's Cam Newton. Like. Yeah. He was listed at 6'6", 250. He had a, you know, 4'5", 4'6", So he could, you know, yeah. conceivably play in the secondary. Yeah. He at least, he wouldn't be great on the offensive and defensive line. Well, 
defensive end he might be able to to handle yeah. but uh but on the offensive yeah. line yeah he's he's too small but he's not like horrendously too small yeah i am cam newton was my guy and you I got a quarterback you got a, a dual yeah you have yeah, to yeah. pick you essentially have to pick a quarterback but you know here because how can you not have QB? <laughs> I want to see a team of Cam Newtons go up against a team of Jared Lorenzen. Lorenzen would pay so much. Lorenzen would get through that line. I'm trying so to think fast. of who else, like you know, you could do. I mean, Tim Tebow. You could I thought about Tebow too. Yeah, Tebow and Newton were kind of the two that. What if you just ran like the Wildcat with like Bo Jackson? <laughs> yeah, but if you don't have to worry about the pass, it's it's you know. Yeah, I know. You, you gotta. You gotta be able to throw it. Yep. That's All a fun right. question. It is a fun question. Yeah, if there's any other answers out there or any, let us know. Um, yeah. So upset special. Um, Got to pick a seven plus point underdog to win outright. I'm going with the one I took as my lock. I'm doubling up on Syracuse. Ooh, they're nice. an eight point dog. I think they're gonna get the win at at Carolina. All right. Uh, last week I hit West Virginia catching oh, thirteen and a half. Wow, that's TCU. a good one. Yeah, I had that one. So I'm going to go to... I liked Syracuse, Mike, but I'll, I'll go different. I'm going to go Cal, getting 9.5, hosting Oregon State. Beavers feeling mm. confident, smothering Utah. But Cal's run defense is, is pretty solid. Maybe they slow down Damian Martinez and force DJ Uta to beat him with his arm. Yeah, I could see that. Um, oh, so close on my upset special last week. So close. I had Nebraska. Nebraska, yeah. They, <laughs> oh my. Oh they, yeah. They they showed I, up for the game. That that's yeah. all you could say. I leave for yeah. one week and suddenly you're on Nebraska's bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought they'd compete, man. I thought they'd compete. The line was like, I knew they'd lose. I thought they'd lose, of course. But like, man, I yeah. I thought the defense would do better than that. Yeah, man, they're so bad. It's unbelievable. They're so, they're so. It's crazy. There's people are convincing themselves they can still make a bowl game. Like, oh, look at the next four games. What? It's like, dude, we're like, we're probably the worst team in the conference. Our our quarterback is garbage. I love it when ball. when teams, yeah, fans always seem to look at other teams on the schedule. Yeah. They're like, okay, yeah, they're beatable, and it's like, yeah, what do you think other fans are looking at? Nebraska, they're looking at Nebraska and saying that like that's they're the there. most beatable. Northwestern played pretty tough against Penn State. Like they're looking tougher, you know. Like they're not giving in. That was a bad beat, by the way. Mich- yeah. I'll say Michigan State looks pretty bad, but you know, we'll see. So does Nebraska. I know, I've no doubt about it. <laughs> I think the defense will still turn it up though. I think. Oh, okay. okay. Right. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. We can't score, but Ryan's the talking himself back into it. <laughs> no, we ain't making a bowl game. That's my been my prediction for ever. But <laughs> yeah, every year <laughs> you've been right and right and right. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take Arkansas. They're getting 11 and a half at Ole Miss. Ole Miss emotional win it's last week against LSU. Maybe they're feeling themselves. I don't know. Hogs have been hanging with some good teams. They haven't performed great. They're 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 due for a good performance. I feel like they're not a bad team. KJ Jefferson's a good quarterback. I think they're they're kind of due. So yeah, I think the Hogs can get her done. All right, uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of the College Football Bros. Um, if you haven't already. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or go to Spotify and leave us a five-star rating there. We'd really appreciate that. Um, as we said, you can also support us on Patreon. And I think we, that we may make that a weekly thing, taking questions from from the patrons for the questionable finish because those yeah, were good ones. Cool. Nice to have yeah, some new, uh, new blood in there in the questions. So uh, thanks again, and we will talk to you next week.